0: Thanks for joining me on another episode of Avocados and Reese's Cups. You know, I thought about what I wanted to talk about this week, but then I had uh, lunch with a special young woman and um, in my life, and she is embarking on um, her next stage of life. She's going to med school. And for those who know me personally, you know who it is. Um, I don't necessarily name names, um, because hopefully more than just my little circle are, uh, listening to this episode. That's at least what I hope. And, uh, I just want to make sure that people's private lives are kept private. I think that's important. In any case, um, I hope that you're all having a good month of July. Um, you know, July is my favorite month, it's when my birthday is, my husband's birthday, a lot of our family members, my dad's birthday um, is at the end of the month and of course my dad has passed. Um, My dad would be 88 years old this year and that blows my mind. Um, I wish he was still here, he deserves to be 88 years old and I know that he's up in heaven watching out for me, that's what I believe. Uh, You can definitely believe something different. I'm, you know, everyone is entitled to their beliefs, in my opinion. And um, I know he's watching me, so love you, Dad. Um, Let's see. What I wanted to talk about today is parenting, which is probably going to be weird coming from me since I don't have children. And some of you may believe like many people I've encountered in my life, that I don't have any right to say anything because I'm not a parent. And I think that's bullshit because I am an intelligent person and I happen to be a child. And so, no, I am not a parent. I would never deign to tell someone how to parent their child. Like I would never come to you and say, you're parenting your child wrong. That's, you know, none of my business as far as I'm concerned. But what I think is that I can definitely speak on the things that some parents do, including my mother, that can harm children and things that All parents and all adults frankly should really think about when they are dealing with children because here's what I know I know from my experience as a child that moving your children away from their home is tricky business now there are times when parents have to move And I mean move away from your state, away from your family, like not just moving across town or moving to the next town over or moving 15 or 20 minutes away in a different town. I'm talking about like moving from the West Coast to the East Coast or moving from the West Coast to the Midwest, things like that, okay? Um, Moving your children, doing a big move, let's call it that, with your children uh, when they're young is tricky business. Because kids form attachments very early on, and I'm speaking from the uh, perspective of a child, because I was one, uh, that got moved at age 12, and honestly, I wanted to stab my mother and my stepfather. Not literally, not literally, Mm -hmm. figuratively, because it was the worst thing that you can do to a 12-year-old, is take her and her brother away from their climate, away from their state, away from their family, away from all their friends, away from a private school and throw them into a public school. I mean, it was awful all the way around. And so, you know, I think parents, if I might say, need to really think about that. Now, of course, listen, if you have to move for a job, you have to move. That's not why my mother and stepfather moved us they moved us. They actually kidnapped us. We, my parents were divorced and there needed to be, um, a court involved. There was no court involved. They just up and did it. And that wasn't right. It wasn't legally right. And it wasn't right for the psyche of me and my brother. Okay. Um, I have been through a lot of therapy, and not just from the move, by the way, um, but for, from a lot of things, and you, when you move your kids and completely take them away from every single thing that they know, that is a decision that needs to be made as a family, in my opinion. Now, of course, your 12-year-old should not dictate where you live. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that if you bring your kids into the conversation... And say, mommy or daddy has to has a wonderful, amazing job description, job offer, and so we're going to move from uh, Los Angeles to a small town in Montana. But this is going to afford us, um, you know, a better life, and you know, bring them into the conversation. Now, if your child throws a hissy fit, then I'm not saying you should not move. Or you or your partner should not take that wonderful job offer. But at least give your child um, some equity in the family in making that decision. Um, I was told to shut up and get in the car. That's not how it should be done. That's damaging to a child. And no matter how old they are, um, their perception is that they don't matter. And from being by Karen's side when she's had her kids and being so fortunate that she's allowed me such um, a huge part in her journey as a parent, hers and Greg's, um, I can tell you that you're not supposed to be making your child feel like shit. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And as a um, grown child, I can tell you that your kid remembers that forever. You, you don't get off on that. Like they don't grow out of it. You make them feel like shit all the time. Even when it comes to a big family decision and just completely disregard them as if they don't matter, they're going to remember that and they're going to need to talk to someone professional to work through that because not thinking you matter lowers people's self esteem. And it gives them problems in work and in all aspects of life. And I don't think any parent really wants that for their kid. You don't want your child to start out life like that, thinking that they don't matter and bringing that into every aspect of their life. At least I hope most parents don't. Um, So for me, as a child, I would have to say that the way you talk to your kids and the way that you make them feel overall is important. Now, does that mean you should tiptoe around your children? Oh, hell no. Uh, Listen, (laughs) kids need boundaries and discipline and all those things as they grow. And those things should adjust as they mature, of course. But there are still a lot of parents who don't understand that. They're still parenting their adult children, and I see this with my friends at times, like they're 12 and they're 55. (laughs) No, your child at 55 years old is different than your child at 12 years old, and you shouldn't continue to try to parent them at 55 years old. That's weird, okay? Anyway, so... After I had lunch with my favorite med student, I started thinking about some of the things that she was sharing with me. And, you know, realizing, of course, throughout my life that my parents were not perfect, nor are any parents. Children do not come with an instruction manual. Everything else does. Like your car comes with a book that you're supposed to read on how to use your car, and every year, cars get more complex, and you know, (laughs) nobody ever knows all the things their car can do, right? I mean, I'm super old, so I remember when cars did not have cup holders, electric windows, nothing. It had your transmission, your windshield wipers, your lights, and pretty much, lady, I have to get over I, I mean, this is ridiculous. I, driving on 495 is the worst experience in, in Massachusetts. My West Coast friends would call it the 495. We call it 495. We don't say the, the 405, the, the, the 10. We don't, we don't do that. Um, but this 495 is the worst road. You have no idea. Like, you take your life in your hands legitimately Every single time you go on this road, and I am doing it right now, and it is beyond ridiculous. There's a massive accident on the other side. This is why I don't drive on 495. It's, just, it's literally I'm going one exit, one exit. <laughs> it's like ah, I'm gonna die. Um. Anyway, forget about that. Um. The way you talk to your children affects their entire life. And I think that listening to um, my favorite med student realizing, as I just said, that no parents are perfect and no parent should be expected to be perfect. Parents, listen, I don't know how you do it sometimes. I really don't. I have friends who are in every stage of life with their children. Some of them have children who are grown. Some of them have children who um, have had their own kids. Some of them are, um, have college student children. Some of them even have, I have younger friends who have littles and they're actively parenting every minute of every day of every year and they can't even pee alone. And it's when, when they are like, you know, texting from the bathroom, they're like, I'm, I'm trying to get five minutes of privacy here and I don't know how you do it. And I, I, I know that my regret in life was that I didn't push the envelope and try to have kids up until I was almost 50. I had raging endometriosis apparently my entire life, which was misdiagnosed in my twenties and Kayla, that name med student and I talked about that and, uh, you know, we were talking about bedside manner and listening to your patient and all the things that she's going to have to do and, uh, how important that is and how that I might've been able to have children, um, if it had been diagnosed properly. I mean, you can't go back. I, I can't go back. So I have to go forward and you know what? It's, it is what it is. Um, she always tells me, oh, it's a good thing you didn't have kids. And I feel, I always say yes for you and your brother. It's a good thing I didn't have kids because they're able to have my attention and I'm able to gift them with things and do things that I wouldn't be able to do if I had my own kids. With that said, and saying that no parent should be expected to be perfect or be perfect because no one is. Um, I think that as we learn, you know, as we learn in life about a lot of things, we learn how to, how driving is better when you have a car with airbags and seatbelts, right? And now cars are coming out with, um, blind spot monitoring and automatic braking and all sorts of things, right? And those are all make cars safer and it makes it, we learn more. So we drive better and all that stuff, which in Massachusetts is a relative term, of course, better driving. Um, but when you know more, you do better. Right? Right. So, as time passes, there's a lot of things that we've learned about raising kids since my parents raised me. Like for instance, as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, now and for many years now, thank God, it's been a topic of conversation. So, kids know from the jump that if somebody touches them in a way that makes them feel uncomfortable, they speak to a teacher or a parent or a trusted family member or a trusted friend, and it doesn't matter who it is. They need to speak their truth and tell what happened to them. I was taught, nope, you don't talk about it, which is wrong. Okay. So we've moved forward in that way. We also have to move forward as a society in how we parent children. Okay, so for instance, when I was growing up in the olden days, spanking your children was the norm. People spanked their kids. Not all people, but it was kind of a universally used uh, punishment, shall we say. Many, many people in my age group were spanked As children and what that created was many 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 parents who ended up taking it to another level and beating their children and that's I'm sorry hitting of children is never okay Um, I have seen some of my friends get to a point where they have to walk away from their kids because they feel like they're going to strike them because of whatever situation is happening. And I don't judge that. I am not in their shoes. But I get, I have been frustrated in my life to the point where I wanted to throw something or punch something. And I understand anger in that moment. I get it. As an emotion, I understand it. But you cannot strike your kids. You can't. And by the way, conversely, your child should never strike you. This goes both ways. I think what we're also learning is that there are mental conditions that come out in children in younger life than what we thought. And along with that, We know more about mental health and mental illness to know that parents may have a mental illness. That happened in our case. My mother was mentally ill. And the more that I read about it and learn about it, I see that it may have been a severe mental illness. That was the reason that my dad didn't want to leave us alone with her because he didn't think that she could handle it. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way that a man, my father, was dismissing my mother as an inconvenient woman. My dad, had my mom gotten diagnosed, I know my father, he would have bent over backwards to get her the help that she needed to make sure she had treatment, medication, whatever was available at the time to help her live her best life because that was my dad. That's how my husband is. My husband is very similar personality to my dad and my husband will literally tie himself in knots for his family. And that's, that was my dad. And if somebody had said to my father, if a doctor had told my dad that, you know, your wife needs deep therapy. She made it a brief hospitalization. We need to get her on medication. He would have done that. And he never, ever, ever would have left her. My mom left my dad. It was not my dad's idea, nor my dad's ever wish to be divorced and be away from his kids. And it broke his heart. It did. And later, it killed him. So, I get it. We know more now because of mental illness awareness in both adults and kids. So what I'm saying doesn't have anything to do with that. There are extreme circumstances. I know teacher friends that have had to do holds on children who are violent, and in the home that may um, that may stretch into hand-to-hand combat between combat, quote-unquote, between a parent and a child because of of, of violence. But that has to be handled outside the home. And I see my friends who have teenagers or younger kids, they walk away. They get space. They don't obviously leave their child in a bad situation, a neglectful situation, but they have to leave the room and calm themselves down. They do. Because they know corporal punishment is not the way... To teach your child how to be in the world Conversely Negatively spoiling your child Because I think there's a difference between Negative and positive Quote unquote spoiling Um, We have given Kayla and Kyle Everything But the main thing that we've given them Is a sense of responsibility for themselves. So in other words, Kayla bought her first car and even when she was five years old and I was giving her a little bit of money in her birthday card and stuff like that, she would say, oh, Anna, I gotta put this in my box, I'm saving for my car. Literally at five years old. Because Karen and the family, and of course I am part of her village, supported that and said yes you're saving for your car that's wonderful I'll never forget she had this little box and she would go running up to her room and get it and go oh Anna I'm going to put the money you gave me in here for my car Karen taught her kids how to save taught her kids how to budget she's very very good at that there's no question she gave them wings in that way that I was not given that and I wish I had been But every family has challenges. And the way that I was raised, one of the things was that my mother used to say, I'm going to make sure you're tough for the world out there. Okay? And part of what that meant was not what they used to call, I'm not going to coddle you. And what that translated into was not giving me and my brother a sense of safety, a sense of a soft place to fall. When everything's going crazy in the world, in my opinion, Parents should give their kids that soft place to fall. Now, I'm not talking about if your kid is dealing drugs and running with a gang, that you should give them a soft place to fall. That requires tough love. And addiction is a real problem in many families. And I validate that, and that is something different than what I'm talking about. Okay? And my heart is always with families who deal with addiction that is off-the-chart difficult, okay? I'm talking about a child who does well in school, doesn't run with a bad crowd, isn't sneaking out of the house, uh, doesn't crack up the first car they have and the second car and the third car, um, doesn't, isn't mouthy, doesn't disrespect parents, um, has the normal teenage angst, has the normal teenage thing with the parents. There's always going to be, you know, they're, they're trying to find their, themselves and their freedom and what they can do. And there's always going to be that give and take, right? When you have teenagers in your house. And then the child grows up, goes off to college, does really well, and then is getting advanced degrees. Gainfully employed, living on their own, paying their own bills, stuff like that. Okay. So no extremes either way. To not tell the your child that they're you're proud of them, that you love them, that you are always going to be there. Those things verbally are important. Now, every parent who's listening to this is going to say, "I my child knows that." Okay? I'm not saying they don't. All I'm saying is something to think about as a child who was trashed to their face by their, by their mother, because my dad passed when I was young. So when I say parents, I mean my mother, that's the parent I was left with. God damn it. Okay. Never said a good word to my face. Never said I looked pretty. Never said that I, that she was proud of me. Maybe here and there once or twice. None of that but said it to everybody else. Please don't be that. Your child needs to hear that you're proud of them. Yes, to their face. Your child needs to hear if you're going out somewhere that they look pretty. Um, Why did you choose that dress? Do you think it's flattering? Don't be that. If you truly think that, that an outfit looks horrible on your child, <clears throat> by all means, but if that's your norm and you never say anything positive, you might want to think about that. My, my friend Patty years and years ago, Patty C, she, I knew her when I was close with her when her kids were little and she lives a bit farther away from me now so we don't catch up often. But I still consider her a friend And when her kids were little She would say things like I try to say yes as much as I can You can never say yes all the time Right mom, dad But try to say yes as much as you can Because that gives your child The knowledge that they are Supremely important to you When I was growing up I knew I was supremely important to my dad. I knew that. Because he told us all the time. To my mother, I felt like a supreme pain in the ass. And no child wants to feel like that. Does any person really want to feel like that? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. It's not a positive Like, think about your job. Think about your job. If your boss is making you feel incompetent and like you don't matter all the time, how hard are you going to work for that company or that department or that person? Not very hard. And no, your kids don't work for you. They're not your employees. But... How does that make you feel when somebody treats you like that? And I guess what I'm saying overall is that as a kid who grew up being made to feel like I could do nothing right, like nothing I did was ever enough for my mother, my mere existence was more than enough for my dad. The fact that I was born made him so happy And even though he's been deceased most of my life, most of my life, 41 years of my life, my dad has been gone. I still can feel that. I can still feel how important I was to my dad. I can feel it. And I can pass it on to my brother, who was even younger and his memory is not as clear as mine but I can pass that on to him. I can show him and tell him how supremely important we were to our dad and that I can still feel it and I want my brother to feel it. That's how your child should feel their whole life. They should feel it even when you're gone. And if you're parenting your kids to make them hard and tough for life outside the home stop doing that you can show them resilience and how to handle disappointment and how to handle stress without putting all those things on them yourself because what you're doing sucks if that's what you're doing If you're never complimenting your child and you're only going around telling other people how great they are, that doesn't help your kid. Your child wants to hear that from you. That's very old school raising of children. And some people in my age group would say that people, parents today of littles coddle their children. No, that's not coddling them that's giving them a foundation that they can be sure of for the rest of their lives. And isn't that what we all want, a foundation that we're sure of? So isn't that the greatest gift you can give your kids? That they can always have a place that they can come and be 100% accepted and 100% loved and 100% not judged, because in life, let's face it, you're gonna get judged for every single thing you do. You're gonna get judged for how you look, how you act, how you speak, what job you have, what car you drive. I could keep going. You're gonna get judged. In your own home, where you grew up should be your soft place to fall. That's what it should be. And I, I can imagine how difficult it is as a parent, especially today. There's so many things. I mean, forget, let's start with the pandemic for fuck's sake. How the fuck do you parent during a pandemic? I mean, really, it's ridiculous. And your kids are at school in the living room or in the study or in their room And it's just fucked. It's absolutely fucked. And then let's talk about teenage years. Let's talk about school during regular times. Let's talk about, oh my God, saving for college. Most parents can't save for college because college costs are ridiculous. They're fucking stupid. Okay, stupid. It's just stupid. You know it's stupid, I know it's stupid. Everybody knows it's stupid. We got to handle that because this is just not okay. And on and on and on, I mean, there's a million things. Drugs and, you know, it just, I could go on for hours and I don't have to because as parents, you already know. Them getting their driver's license. you imagine I got my driver's license when I was 13 and a half years old? 13 and a half. That's when it was legal in Montana for us to get our licenses with parents' signature And of course my mother wanted me to have my driver's license. What are you kidding? She would have probably gotten me my license at ten and a half if she could have. So that meant she didn't have to drive me around. But that's her. That was the joy of growing up with her. But in any case, what I would say is that, please, as a former child that didn't get any of this, Thankfully, I had my dad till I was 16. I thank God for that every day. Because like I said, I can still feel my dad's love now. Over 40 years after he died. I can still feel it. It's it's there. I'm sure of it. It's my soft place to fall. is my dad's love that he gave to us when he was here. And he's still giving it to us now. I can assure you of that. Don't Don't be super hard on your kids so they can, quote, be tough in life and deal with what's out here. Again, you can do that in other ways. You don't need to do it by basically being a hard ass and mean and tough. And of course, you have to discipline them. I get that. I'm not stupid. You can't tell your kids yes all the time. You can't not give them any boundaries. You can't, I mean, but say yes as much as you can. Say no as little as you can. Be the person, the people that they run to when they have a problem. Because I didn't get that. I would have had it if my dad hadn't passed away. And I remember having it as a teenager, knowing that my dad was the one that would listen to me when I talked and not judge me and not get defensive and all that stuff. He would just teach me about life and not do it in a way that was, I don't know, crazy, shitty, uh, mean, I don't know. Uh, the, all those words come to mind. Those words shouldn't come to mind. Yes, your 13-year-old is going to slam their door and say, I hate you. From what I can tell, that's pretty normal over the, the ages. But that's, that's a temporary thing because you told them they couldn't go to a party. They don't hate you. And you know they don't hate you. They just hate that you won't let them go to the party. So they're going to say, I hate you. But you know they don't mean it because five years on ten years on when they've got their own family or they're out in the world or they're having their first baby the first person they're going to run to is you and say mom I'm sorry I know I was a shit for those few years I was a teenager you know that's going to happen because you gave them that place to be completely themselves." And I'm just saying that not giving your kid that, making your kid think that, well, why does she tell everybody else that I'm awesome, but she doesn't tell me? Well, she should tell you. And if she doesn't tell you, or he doesn't tell you, or they don't tell you, then somebody should tell them that, they should do that and no, you shouldn't just know it kids people need to hear it so when you got something to say to somebody like you look beautiful today or I love your top or your hair looks great or look at that smile or you're amazing say it say it Whether it's somebody in line with you at the grocery store or your sister or your kid or your spouse, say it. Tell people how amazing they are. The world's full of critics. We don't need any more. We all do it. We all critique things. It's, It's a human condition. But can we all try to be less that and especially with our kids, can we can we tell them how awesome they are? And I don't mean like a kid does a drawing and it's really ugly and you're going to lie because you're the parent and say that they're the best artist ever and try to put them into art school and you know that this is ridiculous because all they can do is paint stick figures. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know, I saw you be so awesome with your friends. And you're so kind and you're so giving. And I just wanted to tell you that. Even if it's a, a middle school sleepover. And you saw your daughter, like, give up the last of her favorite cookies for her friend or split it in three ways. That's awesome. You raised a kind and caring child. Like, speak that stuff. And don't. Don't say in your head, well, my kids should know how I feel about them. No, no, no. You, you got to say it. And more than once in their life. That's all I'm saying. Because we all want to be validated. And so do your kids. So go off today and tell each one of your kids, whether you have one or five or two or whatever... Tell them that they're amazing. Tell them one amazing thing about them, each unique person, and see what happens. Because I can promise you, what you see after you say that out loud to them is amazing. See you next time, folks.